Hello, welcome back everybody. My name is Nick Ellis. I am the PC computer guy serving the Indianapolis and surrounding areas for local on-site support as well as remote access all across the country and the world. You can find us on the web at www.pccomputerguy.com or give us a ring 317-883-7224. That's 883-PCCG, PC Computer Guy. So in this tech talk, I mean, we've done a, a whole bunch of them about many different topics. And what I wanted to do this time is kind of give people an all around general thing to kind of help you out, kind of a refresher of the things that you should be doing just on a general basis with your computer. Now, this is not all inclusive of everything. It's just kind of a, uh, like a checkup with your doctor. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, first thing that you should probably not be doing that people do way too often is defragging your computer. Defrag is something that was useful probably about, oh geez, 10 to 15 years ago when hard drive sizes were much smaller. But with such large hard drives today, your hard drive almost never becomes fragmented. In fact, if you haven't done a defrag in a couple years and your hard drive is at least 50% um, free, uh, then you're probably not needing to defrag. And most people don't actually realize that their computer has way more storage than they use. You can tell this if you click Start and then go to My Computer. When you do that, then often you will see the C drive, and the C drive will have a little bar right next to it. And that bar, the blue part, is the part that you've used, and the non-blue part is obviously the part that you haven't used. So if you're using 50% or less, you really shouldn't be defragging almost ever. And uh, Windows will take care of defragging itself if it feels the need that it uh, that you need to defrag. So so don't defrag. That's the end of it. You should be happy. There's one less thing for you to do. It puts more wear and tear on your computer than it actually does help, and uh, it almost never really does much of anything anymore. Uh, the second thing, really important, keep a good antivirus on your computer. You would not believe how often we experience issues on computers that people do not have a good antivirus on there. Understandably, a lot of people think that just an antivirus is just an antivirus, but that's not really true. It's kind of like computers or cars or anything else in life. There's good versions of things, and then there's not so good versions of things. Quite honestly, we put on blast all the time McAfee. McAfee is one of the most common antiviruses. It's given away by AT&T and so many other companies, but it is a terrible antivirus. You're better off, in my opinion, having a free uh, antivirus than you are using the... Um, the uh, McAfee that's provided by these other providers. So um, have a good antivirus on your computer. The two that we have on our ban list, as I mentioned, are McAfee and Windows Security Essentials. In fact, there was recently an article where Microsoft pretty much said, yeah, we know our Security Essentials is not a particularly good um, antivirus on, your com uh, on the computer. So Microsoft is admitting that they know that it's not very good, so you shouldn't be depending on it on your computer. If you must use a free one, Probably AVG is the best way to go. I find that it works pretty good, and uh, it's pretty robust for being a free program. They do have a paid version, so you're not getting everything in the free version that the paid version has included in it, particularly the firewall, among other things. So if you have to go free, go with the free AVG. Avira is also a pretty good free one, and there's a couple others out there. But whatever you do, we recommend that you avoid using McAfee and you avoid using Windows Security Essentials. The paid antivirus that we think is really good is Norton Internet Security. We don't get kickbacks and we have no partnership with Norton, so this advice comes to you from people that don't benefit from it. I find that Norton Security, given a couple different factors, we don't just look at does it catch the most, we look at how much it catches, we look at the ease of use, and we look at the strain that it puts on your computer. All three of these categories are important. It's kind of like a car. If your car did great at acceleration but did bad at stopping, then that might not be such a good thing. So taking all of those things into account, we think that Norton is the best one to use. Um, it's in the top 
in terms of its catch rate. It is not the top, but it is in the top, and they're separated by a couple percentage points, so it's pretty darn close up there in the top. But it does a lot of other things in terms of ease of use and the resources that it draws from your computer. It does those very well. A lot of people will say that we heard Norton was terrible, and it is true. Norton was terrible pre-2009. Before 2009, we would not have recommended Norton at all. But post-2009, they kind of started from scratch and rebuilt everything and have done a pretty good job since then. So for the $60 a year for like one computer or $80 or something, somewhere in that price range for three computers, possibly you can get it for less. It is an excellent, I mean, you're basically, I mean, let's just say the worst case scenario, you pay $60 a year, you're paying $5 a month for them to protect your computer. That's going to save you a lot of money from having me come out and fix your computer later. Me giving you this advice is bad for us because that means we make less money off of cleaning up your computer. But we like to do right by people. And so this is why it's particularly important why I talk so long about making sure that you have a good antivirus on your computer. And then if you do get an infection, almost always, if you have Norton on your computer and you have an infection, instead of it taking two or three hours for us to clean up your computer, it might only take 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour at most or something. So Norton does a pretty good job, but whatever you do, make sure you have a good antivirus on your computer. Use either the free AVG if you uh, have McAfee or Windows Security Essentials, or if you want to pay um, a couple, just a couple dollars a month, use uh, Norton. When you think of, and people often ask, why should I have to pay for it? Well, again, the developers that go into this spend so much time developing and putting effort into the software, and thousands of new viruses come out basically on a daily basis. And so they're adding these new virus definitions. They're constantly scouring the internet, looking for these new things, and that's what you're actually paying for. You're paying for the updates that they're providing for the new stuff that's out there. The next thing that you should do is have a good ad blocker on your computer. We like to use Adblocker Plus. We find that, first, it's a free program. does an excellent job at blocking the advertisements that come up on many web pages. And not only just blocking the advertisements, but it can add a layer of protection because some of the bad things that are out there that says, like, uh, warning, you have 50,000 things on your computer that are wrong, and if you click this program, it'll make it all better. Well, that's the junk that we want to keep off of your computer, and so the Adblocker will prevent that a lot of times from showing on your screen. If it's preventing those things, then it's making you a little bit safer. So Adblocker Plus, you can get that from adblockerplus.org, and then it's an extension that installs into your web browser. So if you use Google Chrome, which we recommend that you use as your web browser, um, it'll be an extension, Firefox, a plugin, you know, whatever. It, it, they make versions basically for all browsers. So using Adblocker is an excellent thing that you should have on your computer. You can turn it on and off very easily if it causes you any kind of problems, but it's pretty rare that it ever does. Speaking of browsers, um, so you notice we mentioned Google Chrome. We prefer Google Chrome. We think it is by far the best and fastest web browser. I am not a Google fanboy. In fact, there's a lot of things that I really don't particularly like about Google. But when Google makes some things, they do a very, very good job about it. And Chrome is one of those things. So we use Google Chrome as our primary web browser. In fact, I, I don't really like Firefox very much at all. I find that it's become bloated and slow and buggy. And it's I actually think that it's probably the worst of the three big web browsers. So Google Chrome is a great web browser. And if you need a tutorial, there's like a 15-minute, it's an older tutorial, but it's 90% the same. If you go to PCComputerGuy.com and you search for Google Chrome, you'll see one that says article. You click on that article, scroll to the bottom, and there's a 15-minute video that kind of gives you an introduction on how to use Chrome. It's pretty easy. What I tell people is it's like if you drive a Ford or a Toyota, if you're used to driving your Toyota and you get into a Ford, you're going to know how to drive the car. You just don't know where the stereo knobs are and, you know, how to do certain things on the stereo controls, but the main things, 
gas brake turning, you know, you'll be able to get from point A to point B, and then you just got to learn where the stereo knobs are. So you should be using Google Chrome. Um, but if not, uh, make sure that you keep your extensions and your plugins clean in any of them. For Chrome, once again, because we're going to talk about that one, it's very easy. You click the three bars in the top right-hand corner of Chrome, and then you go to Settings. Once you're in Settings, there's an extension on the left-hand side. You click that Extensions, and then you'll see all of the extensions that are currently turned on and enabled in your web browser. You should pretty much only have extensions turned on and enabled that you know what they are and you intentionally have them there. If if they kind of got there and you don't really know what they are or why they are there, then you can at least disable them by removing the checkbox from the enable. And if, uh, if you are certain that they shouldn't be there, you can go ahead and hit the delete button. Um, you can do the same thing for Internet Explorer. Or what we just usually do is do a reset on Internet Explorer. To do that, you open Internet Explorer and then you click the gear in the top right-hand corner. Then go to Internet Options. Once you have Internet Options up, the last tab says Advanced. And then there's two Reset. There's one that says Restore and Reset. We like to click both of those. And what that does is it kind of conks Internet Explorer over the head and restores it to its default settings. It's a little bit um, more aggressive than the uh, Chrome version of doing things, but uh, we find that it does a very good job of making your browser run well. In fact, it fixes problems a lot of times that you uh, had before. Your settings might change a tiny bit, but you can put those back. Um, so keep your browsers running clean. So, so far, don't defrag, use a good antivirus, install ad blocker, and use Chrome. And if not Chrome, clean up your web browser, whatever it is, Chrome, Firefox, Internet Explorer, etc. Next, uninstall unneeded old programs. Now, it's different for a couple different versions of Windows, but we're going to assume you're using Vista or later. To do that, it's really easy. You just click Start, and then there's a search box right above the Start button. Um, and in that search... Uh, and if you're on Windows 8, it's pretty similar. You click the start and you get the full screen thing. And from there, you just type uh, for for Vista and 7, you type in the box. And for Windows 8, when you click start, you just type anywhere on that full screen. You type programs and features. When you type programs and features, it'll give you a thing that says programs and features. Um, with uh, Windows 8, you may need to click settings on the right-hand side before you see that. Um, but... By going to Programs and Features, you can then un see a list of everything that is installed on your computer. Going through that list, you can find things that you might have installed a year, two years, five years ago that you don't use anymore. If you know that you don't use it, just uninstall it from the computer. And if it's something that you might use a year or two from now, uninstall it now and reinstall it later when you're ready to use it again. Um, it's good to do that. Now, if you don't know about something in there, and there's going to be probably quite a few things that you don't know what they are, just leave them. It's better to leave them. It do this doesn't make that much difference in your computer's operation. It does make a little bit, not that much, so it's not worth taking risks. But if you know what it is and you can remove it, go ahead and remove it. So, nextly, uh, nextly, <laughs> next thing, um, we want to clean up your temporary files. Now, I like to do this the manual way, and it's pretty easy to do manually. If you push the Windows key on your keyboard, that's the one with the little flag and the R, you'll get this run box. And in that run box, if you do the percent sign, which is shift F5, percent sign, temp, percent. So a single percent, then the word temp, and then a single percent, and you hit OK, that'll open your temp files. Uh, where all the temp files are stored. Temp files are kind of like little post-its that the computer kind of writes down when it's doing something. And um, it's supposed to delete those. And a lot of times it does, but sometimes it just forgets to delete them or doesn't for whatever reason, and they kind of accumulate over time. So it's pretty easy for you to go in and delete them. So you can open up the temp files, and then I do a select all, control A. And then I here's a trick that's kind of useful. I push down the shift button and hit delete. 
what does that do? How is that different from just pressing delete? The shift delete skips the recycle bin. It just deletes them right off the bat without you ha- sending them to the recycle bin and then having to empty your recycle bin. So shift delete permanently deletes them so that you can't recover them, but they're temp files, so there's nothing that you're going to need to recover from there. Um, speaking of which, that also means empty, re- empty your recycle bin. A lot of people haven't emptied their recycle bin in a very, very long time. So it's always good to just empty your recycle bin. So delete your temp files and empty your recycle bin. Um, another very important thing, please, 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 please do not use registry cleaners and speed booster programs or optimizers or any of this stuff. Look, we're giving you tons of free advice here. We're telling you how to keep us from having to come out to your place by telling you to do things like have Norton on your computer. So you can know that we are giving you this advice not because of our own interest, because we're giving it to you because it is a terrible thing to do. Almost never does a registry program or speed booster actually speed up your computer. And if it does, it does it by like maybe 5%, um, something that's hardly noticeable, if noticeable at all. However, you run a huge risk of causing problems in your computer. Incidentally, there might be problems that you don't recognize until five uh, months down the road. So it might be something that it is way too late to do a system restore and go back to, but that problem's been there for five months and you didn't notice it was there until five months later when you went to go try to do a scan and your scanner no longer works. And it was caused by that stupid registry program that you ran five months ago that really didn't help you out at all, but now has created this problem for you that's going to be difficult to fix, sometimes almost impossible to fix. So please avoid those registry cleaners and speed boosters. They are all garbage. The same thing goes for driver programs. I've seen some of these programs lurking around the internet. Driver update utility. Keep your drivers up to date. Look, if your computer's working fine, don't worry about updating the drivers. Windows will update whatever it feels it needs to update, and you don't need to go hunt for other things. Let me say that again. This is good news for you. Don't do other stuff like load registry cleaners, speed boosters, driver update programs, just avoid all of those things. Those things are no good. If you want to do any updates, Java, Adobe, and Windows are the three things that you should really focus on. Windows does it by itself automatically. Java pops up as that little orange thing that's in the lower right-hand corner that annoys a lot of people. But if you just click it and say run, it'll stop bugging you at least for a few months until another update comes out. And the Adobe one should be down there next to the clock as well. It's important to make sure that you are doing the right one because there's a lot of things that fake Adobe and Java updates. And if you need more information on that, go to our website, PCComputerGuy.com. There's an article. Um, if you search in the search box in the type right-hand corner, um, just search for the word cyber threats, and it'll be an article, How to Avoid Cyber Threats, and it talks about in detail how to make sure that you're updating the right programs. So don't do registry cleaners. Did I, did I say that enough times? Don't do registry cleaners. Let me say it one more time. Don't do registry cleaners. We will actually use in our profession a registry cleaner if if we have tried everything else and we're gonna we're about to have to format your computer anyways because we cannot repair the damage that's in there. As a hail mary, last ditch, absolute effort, we will do a registry cleaner, knowing that it's probably not going to help, but it can't make anything worse at this point. That's how um, how much we don't like to use them. Okay. Um, the next thing you can do, if you're a little bit more technically inclined, you can uh, clean up your system startup. That'll make a significant difference. People believe that deleting pictures, for example, off of your computer will make your computer faster. Well, that's not really true. The amount of stuff that you have stored on your computer has almost no impact on the computer itself. 
But the things that are running do have an impact. So there's a difference. If you have 10 pictures that are just sitting on a hard drive somewhere and doing nothing, it's almost affecting your computer 0%. But if you have 15 programs that are loading, then they're going to slow down your computer. How do you do that? The easiest way is, again, to hit that Windows and R key and then type a command msconfig. Once you do that, then you'll be presented with uh, several different tabs. One of them says startup. You go to the startup one, and then there's little checkboxes for things that automatically start every time your computer starts. You can click the um, remove the checkbox for each item and then uh, hit the OK button um, and then restart your computer. There's a little checkbox, by the way, that says... Uh, um, don't tell me this every time. Make sure you check that checkbox, otherwise it's going to pester you every time you reboot your computer and you're going to have to close the box. So um, you can do this pretty safely. You can remove just about everything that's in there. In fact, I think you can remove almost always everything that's in there and not break your computer. Some of the things you actually do want to leave in there, um, for example, the Adobe uh, ARM, A-R-M, that's a licensing thing. If you remove that, then your Adobe Reader is going to stop working. But um, the nice thing about doing this is if you remove something that you shouldn't have, you just go back to that msconfig again and you put the checkbox back and you're good to go. So the msconfig will do quite a bit in terms of uh, helping your computer boot up and shut down faster. Very importantly, perhaps before really doing much of any of this, the thing, the two biggest pinnacles, the PC computer guy, two pillars of happy computing uh, is good antivirus and then backing up your computer. If you have things on your computer that you must keep, you must back it up. It is not at all a question of if your hard drive fails. It's a question of when your hard drive will fail. Please, please listen to me. It is a question of when your hard drive fails. Your hard drive is going to fail. It could be this computer. It could be the next computer. But your hard drive is going to fail at some point. And if you don't have your stuff backed up, then be prepared for the recovery to start at about $500 and go up from there. This is why you hear backup commercials, Carbonite, Mosey, all these things all the time. It's because it's very expensive. It's difficult to recover that data. Hard drives are very advanced pieces of technology. They're in vacuum-sealed cases where um, the simple act of opening it in a room will destroy information on it because the dust particles, because the data is packed so tight on there that the dust particles in the air landing on the hard drive can actually destroy the information that's on there. So because they are so technically advanced, even an old hard drive, it is difficult to work with them, and so it's best to not have to work with them and have your data backed up so that if your computer crashes, you say, well, this sucks, and then you get the hard drive replaced by us, or you replace the computer, and you recover the data. So back up your data. Again, on our website, we have a thing called uh, Save Your Memories, and uh, so you go to our website, do the search, Save Your Memories, and there's a, a much more detailed article. But in short, you should either be using an off-site backup, such as Carbonite or Mosey, or an on-site backup, um, we like to use our Chronos True image, which dumps everything to an external hard drive, but you must configure it uh, properly. There's a, a, a fairly good free one that I don't have a lot of experience with. It's called like a Macromim. I can't remember exactly what it is, um, but it's a pretty good free one if you, if you again, refuse to pay for the uh, Chronos backup uh, software. I personally feel that I'm willing to give somebody 60 bucks to ensure that my data is... Um, uh, backed up rather than do it for free. So back up your computer. And lastly, one of the good free things that's out there, one of the best free things that's on the internet is Malwarebytes. Malwarebytes is an excellent free malware cleanup utility. It'll catch things sometimes that Norton doesn't catch. Um, that's not because Norton's bad. It's because they're targeting different things. Malwarebytes.org is where you can find that program. You can download that, and then you can do a free scan. Um, and, and, and not one of these free scans where it doesn't do anything, such as the um, um, McAfee free scan tool. It 
actually will scan if you select the free version it'll do a scan of your computer it'll find all the malware and it'll clean up the malware for you you have to make sure to check the things and then say remove or quarantine all bad things that you found good to go so it actually is a, a one of the best programs that's out there on the internet um, i would recommend that you do that every three to six months on your computer for um, even if you have norton installed on your computer just run it every three to six months i call it my cleanup hitter so uh, uh norton is my leadoff hitter and the malware bytes is the the um cleanup hitter i recommend not having the paid version don't enable the trial don't use the paid version because then you're going to have like a second real-time scanner it'll be kind of taking over the job of norton and they might fight with each other and cause problems so you don't want to do that um so that's maintenance <laughs> how to keep your computer running well and all of that good stuff so that's the general what you should do every year and hopefully this helps some people there's a couple other things that i want to talk about buying a cheap computer is something that we encounter on a regular basis i'll go out to somebody's house their computers crash i'll tell them they should buy a new computer tell them to spend around five to seven hundred dollars on the computer and they look at me like i'm crazy you get what you pay for there are reasons why there are computers that exist for $200 and $300. It's because they're terrible, terrible computers. They are, are really bad. My brother-in-law bought one of these computers, and it's pretty much a paperweight. It's like only two years old, but it does so bad. It does such a poor job at trying to get anything done that he just stopped using it. So don't don't skimp. You think about it, you're going to keep your computer probably for at least three years, likely five, sometimes eight years. And so you divide, let's say, no, $600. Let's pick the medium price. $600 over the course of six years, you're paying $100 a year, which comes down to what? Less than eight or $7 a month for your computer. You use your computer quite a bit, so it's probably worth $7 a month to have some pretty decent hardware in there that's going to last you a while. So please do not, uh, do not go the super cheap route. You're going to regret it later. Um, of course, there's an exception to that. If you have kids that are going to destroy the computer in like a year or two or something like that, then I would say it's okay to buy a less expensive, but not the cheap, but a less expensive computer, knowing that the kids are just going to destroy it in a year or two anyways. Um, so for something like that, you should be looking at around the $400 ballpark range. Um, so avoid buying cheap computers. And again, we have a full article on this, uh, pccomputerguy.com. If you go to the tech tips, it's um, avoid buying cheap computers. You can either search for it or scroll through the tech tips. And there's a lot more detail on that. <clears throat> so that's the stuff that you should do and avoid and watch out for. There's a couple cool uh, other money-saving tips and things that I want to talk about, just tech stuff in general. Um, first, I have seen a lot of people, especially with Comcast, have these ridiculously fast internet connections where Comcast says, hey, for $10 more, we'll give you a connection that's two times or three times as fast. And people very often take advantage of it. But here's the problem. Almost always, these people that are taking advantage of it are getting ripped off. They're not really, I mean, they're getting the speeds, but if you have a, a, a nice Mustang like I have that, that can do 150 miles an hour, if I buy a Corvette that'll do 280 miles an hour, how often am I going to be actually driving 280 miles an hour? If I'm like the average person, the answer is almost never, if never. So uh, this is essentially what's happening with these internet packages. They're offering you these ridiculously fast speeds, knowing that you will almost never use them or take full advantage of them. Sure, you'll use it so that your download for um, iTunes will take... Uh, five seconds instead of 10 seconds but 10 seconds is pretty darn fast and then the other 99.999 percent of the time you're not using that internet connection you're still paying that extra money and you're not getting anything out of it so it is extremely rare that people actually need these super fast internet connections in fact i bet you 
almost every single person listening to this, if you downgrade to the standard internet package and then you actually and you don't tell your your husband or your wife and you and you downgrade they will not have any clue that you did it do that experiment it's cool because if you downgrade and then you don't like it you actually think that it is slower then you can just call them and upgrade the package again you don't really have to do anything so um save your money stop paying for these ridiculously high packages as a heavy computer internet user you know pc computer guy you can imagine that i use the internet at least a little bit we have an internet package that's 12 megabit down and um like 1.5 to 2 megabit up and that does pretty darn good there are once in a while where i wish it was a little bit faster but i don't want to pay extra money for the 20 minutes or less a year that i actually want the additional speed so if you have an inter- for the average user, if you have an internet package that gives you at least six megabit per second, anything more than that for the average Joe is going to be wasteful. And it doesn't do any better for games. That's another common misconception. Upgrading your internet package does not make the games any faster. The companies sell you this, telling you that it makes it faster, but it doesn't. Games really depend more on what's called ping, the amount of time that it takes for your information to get from your house to the server and back. The ping is almost always the same uh, whether you have a 20 megabit connection a 50 megabit connection or a 10 megabit connection Um, upgrading the megabits per second means that you have a bigger pipe means more information can come into and out of your connection at one time but it doesn't shorten the distance that the pipe has to travel in order to get to that server so there are certain situations where if you're using almost all of your internet connectivity, it'll make a difference. But for almost everybody out there, if you have a six megabit connection, it's not going to affect anything above that is not going to affect your games. So save your money on that. That's the first uh, technology thing I wanted to talk about. The second thing, solid state drives. There, It's not often where I am amazed by a leap in technology. Mostly technology things are like steps. You know, you get a little bit of advancement, a little bit of advancement, step, step, step. Even though the steps are pretty uh, rapid, they're not these huge leaps and bounds. Solid-state drives are something that are incredible. If you have the ability to get a solid-state drive in your computer and you want your computer to run ridiculously fast, most people will benefit significantly from a solid-state drive. We've had one in our computer for a year and a half, two years now, and and, uh, they're so critical to me that I have them in all of our computers. They literally will speed up the computer at a minimum of twice the speed and in some situations as much as 10 times faster. So if your computer takes two minutes to boot, when you put a solid state drive in, it'll take less than 30 seconds to boot. And that's leaving everything else exactly the same, not uninstalling any programs or doing anything else. Believe it or not, most of the time the computer is sitting around waiting for the hard drive. The processor, even if you have a processor that's not particularly all that great. Hell, in this computer that I'm recording this podcast on right now, I have a processor that's eight years old. It's it's an old, old processor. A lot of my customers have processors that are more powerful than the one in this computer right here. But that's my processor is still sitting around twiddling its thumbs. I'm recording the podcast. I have like 15 things open all at the same time, all these different programs. And my processor, as I look at it right now, is running at about 15%. Oh, it just dropped up to 25% and then went back down. Point of that being, your processors are usually not the bottleneck. Um, sometimes people don't have enough RAM, but most of the time it's the hard drive that's holding things up. So solid-state hard drives are pretty freaking incredible. Again, on our website, we have a thing that if you just search for solid state drive or SSD, um, you can see like a video comparing two machines. Um, it's it's pretty nice. One of them boots, it's the exact same computer side by side, but one has a solid state drive, the other has a regular hard drive. And what they do is they turn on both of them at the same time. 
The one with the solid state boots completely up. They browse the web like a couple things, and then they shut the computer down before the first one finishes starting up. So solid state drives are a pretty awesome leap. So if you're going to buy a new computer, try to get one that has a solid state drive. I really haven't seen very many that aren't ridiculously expensive that have a full solid state drive in them. A lot of them have hybrid drives in them. Um, but if you have that option or if you have the know-how to do it, look at solid state drives. Or if you're going to have a tech guy do it, have your tech guy uh, talk to you about possibly installing a solid state drive. Um and lastly, Windows 10 is coming out soon, and uh, so that's something that's exciting in the tech world. Um, Microsoft has a, a history of every other operating system being terrible. Well, Windows 8 was that terrible one. Windows 7 was good. Windows 8 is terrible. So hopefully, if tradition keeps, Windows 10 will be a pretty nice success. And Microsoft is offering free upgrades um, within the first year that they release Windows 10, which is going to be later in 2015. Um, they're... Um, offering free upgrades to windows 10 there's not a whole bunch of point in talking about all the things that are going on with it right now because it's still um in its beta form it's not going to be released until um later this year but you know you might hear some buzzwords going around about it and uh, it might be a good thing it has a lot of um, potential promise and so if you're interested in that you know just go to youtube and pull up a windows 10 review or something so that you can see what it looks like it seems like microsoft is finally listening to their customers a little bit Microsoft in the last, geez, five to ten years or so has gotten a bad reputation of not really caring what its customers are saying. And uh, so they've they've been hurting quite a bit. The uh, Xbox, I have the original Xbox, I'm not the original Xbox, the Xbox 360. And um, I haven't really I haven't really purchased the Xbox One because there's things about it that Microsoft just said, nope, you're going to do it this way and we don't care. Well, I don't really like that. And uh, so they weren't really listening to their um their fan base same thing with windows 8 they were kind of shoving this new interface down your throat and they were saying we don't care if you don't like it you're gonna deal with it it seems to be that uh, microsoft is making a change and and starting to finally listen of, of course largely because they uh <laughs> they've been beaten up quite a bit in the past few years because of it and rightly so so hopefully windows 10 will be the next good operating system that comes out look for that later in 2015 and if you're interested at all just go to youtube and put in windows 10 review and you can see somebody demonstrating it well i hope this uh, general 30 minute uh, little talk from your tech guy um, has helped you to a keep your current computer running well give you ideas about things to do in the future and hopefully save you a little bit of money um, by tips such as having norton on your computer and uh, not paying me to come out and avoid paying comcast you know actually look at it this way if you pay for that that extra internet connection and that costs you 10 bucks a month take that ten dollars put it into your antivirus you lose almost nothing in fact you lose nothing practically speaking and you get your computer protected <laughs> anyways um my name is nick ellis i am the pc computer guy here in indianapolis 317-883-7224 317-883-pccg or you can find us on the web www.pccomputerguy.com you can also find us on facebook facebook.com slash pc computer guy or you can find us on twitter um at pc underscore computer underscore guy so I hope this is useful, and until next time, thanks for listening.